Hey guys! Welcome to The Whip. I'm Anna. And I'm Lizzie. And we're a work in progress. Before we start, wait. <laughs> yes! Love it. All right. Um, so today, guys, we have a pretty special episode. We're going to just dive into Anna's life and we're going to focus on her, get to know her better, get to know, you know, everything you would ever want to know about Miss Anna Kent. Um, but before we get into that, we have a super special Bachelor update for you guys. So as many of you may already know, Peter and Kelly have been very um, up in the news recently because they are quarantining together in Chicago. Three weeks, baby. Yep. Um, so I know you, I think you watched it at least. I watched the the video with um, the Bachelorettes, Becca and Rachel, and they were like interviewing him and asking him questions about her. Did you see that? Yes, I did. I think that's honestly, like, the best way to get news. Like, I've – E! News or whatever always takes it from their podcasts because mm-hmm. they kind of – I feel like Bachelor Nation is a pretty strong friend group and all of that. And so, like, you get the best details from them. Yeah, because they know how to, like, dish it out of you. Like, Rachel, I think she she was a lawyer. I don't know if she still is. She probably yeah. still is. So, like, she just, like, really knows how to get to the bottom of it. I love her. I've been listening to their podcast recently. It's really great. Definitely recommend that. Um, I, for- I forget what it's called. Do you know what it's called? No, but I can search that. Yeah, let me check. I was just – oh, Bachelor Happy Hour. Yeah. It's really good. It had um Rachel and Allie, who was a past Bachelorette, but – Allie left for, like, family reasons or whatever. So now it's Becca. Super great. Um, anyway, so they were talking to Peter about her, about Kelly, and they were like, so, like, what's what's the dish? Like, how is it going? And he was like, oh, well, we're just taking it slow. Like, we're just quarantining together. And they were like, okay, but do you just quarantine together with, like, Coming right, coming right after a bachelor, like being on the bachelor. Right. Like, I don't know. Like, there's definitely something there. Like when so eventually Kelly came on the interview and she was just sitting there and like Peter like had his arm around her and he was going to say, Did you see that hand placement? Yeah, I'm just saying that's not a taking it slow relationship. Oh, completely agree. um he's such a hard person to read too like yeah I know they were saying this and I kind of started to think about it and I guess it's totally true like Peter on TV versus Peter who he probably is with Kelly off screen like that's a relationship that if it worked I would feel so confident about because they met before the show yeah that is why she came on because she saw what he was like before it and then if they can like rekindle the quick two weeks or three weeks they had together then I feel like that's a much stronger relationship than just starting off on the show ending on the show yeah agreed there was like I saw his Instagram post because of course after I saw that I started stalking his Instagram um and he called her chop chop Kelly and somebody was like why do you call her that and he was like oh well it's because like in her date with me like it was like the two-on-one or whatever one it was that she was like they were editing her to make it seem like she was such like I don't know a horrible like, person yeah and she was like like chop chop give me a rose and he was like so now I call her chop chop I was like that's funny like I like that they're able to just laugh about it and not being like wow the producers really like did me dirty there 
so I feel like they are like probably really good together and I I actually really enjoy this relationship maybe even more than Peter and Madison or Peter and Hannah Ann same they feel really authentic yeah like to and I think it's kind of nice that I don't know a lot about Kelly because she wasn't on the show too long mm-hmm. that that's what makes it seem more authentic but I also big news and this goes a little bit farther back but did you see that Ben Higgins finally got engaged? Yes. Oh my gosh. Someone in Bachelor Nation. Oh my gosh. That made me so happy. Oh, like I, he just, I feel like he is such a good person. Obviously I don't know, but like, yes, I just, I, the little I see of him, I'm just like so happy every single time. Like he's just adorable. I think he's such a cute, like person to like, I don't know. Um, but yeah, that made me really happy for him. And she seems like a sweetheart too. And like, yeah, so happy for Ben. I agree. Him. And so he, if you didn't know, Ben Higgins was on, I want to say like four or five seasons ago. Yeah, he was with um, Lauren Bushnell. And she yeah. is now with Chris Lane, who's like yeah. an upcoming country artist. So they're both slaying in their different ways and have mm-hmm. definitely evolved. Um but it's kind of funny watching it. Like, I think it's really fun for me to look back at all these couples now, no matter who they end up with, and see the type of people they are now. Yeah. Like Nick Vial, 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 whatever, mm-hmm. is like, I think he's given up on his love life, at least on The Bachelor. <laughs> Honestly. But he is, like, thriving in his podcast that he does, and he does a whole, like, Bachelor podcast situation. Mm-hmm. And Dean and Kaylin, I think, yeah, are, like, I think they're adorable. I think they're doing well. At least they're they seem Yeah, they me. seem like it, yeah. So it's so much fun. I love Yeah. That. Yeah. I love I know like I guess the like success rate of the show is probably pretty low, but I think if you look at the outer couples, like couples that have met through Bachelor Nation without meeting on the Bachelor, I feel like their success rate probably goes up pretty high. Like I know Caitlin, um, the Bachelorette, she's with a guy from Becca's season. So, like, there's, like, that inner yeah. inner mix of people that maybe didn't weren't on the show together, but they were both on The Bachelor in some capacity. Well, it's interesting because they – I know they've talked about this before. I forget what, like, news or whatever analyzed it. Maybe it was Reality Steve. But that the women – the Bachelorette series come out with more successful couples than the men. Not to like mm-hmm. stereotype or whatever, but I think that's super interesting because um, like Colton's season, I know, I guess you could consider it was successful, um, but Peter's necessarily wasn't yeah. in the sense of like an engagement right off the bat. Um, I don't even know what seasons Nick was on. Ari season, who knows? Like, you know what I mean? Like, it's just yeah. not that Hannah Brown's season was successful or anything, but I like Becca and Garrett are one of my favorite couples that came yeah. on the show. Um, and just JoJo, I, yeah, JoJo and Jordan for sure. I just yeah, they're adorable. It's super interesting to see who. Also, like the fact that Peter would go to someone who he sent home pretty early in the season you know like it really does show Mm -hmm. that the show isn't you know like you said always successful but sometimes something comes out of it yeah 
And I think that's because like, it's such a crazy experience that, you know, the general population doesn't understand. And it's only the people in the franchise that really like understand it. And I feel like that's probably why they end up together so often is because they feel like they can relate like that experience to one another. Yeah, I'm sure. I I don't know if being stuck in a, although it's a nice house <laughs> for how many weeks, like six or whatever, no phone, stuck with girls you don't know. Like, obviously, it's a positive thing. You probably come with a lot of new relationships. But yeah. would I really be able to be stuck with three girls that drive me nuts and are drama filled the whole time? That's yeah. really draining when I guess you're trying to find a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yep, for sure. All right, so that's our little Bachelor snippet for today. Now we get to talk about you. Pretty excited. I have so many questions I've put together for you. Um, I hope we get to a lot of them. We'll see. Um, so the first thing I wanted to talk to you about was something we mentioned in our last podcast. This but we is so nerve-wracking, can I just say? <laughs> like, it's not obviously shouldn't be, but it's just kind of like I can't even see you, right? Yeah. Like, we're not together. It's just kind of like question bam question bam yes okay I will preface this if there's any questions you don't want to ask you don't want to answer for whatever reason don't (laughs) feel obligated I don't think that's gonna happen but I just want to put that out there I'm not trying to pressure you into talking about anything you don't want to no absolutely. all right so anyway back in our last episode we talked about like your dance career and how that you know impacts you but we didn't we didn't have the time to really get into it so I really want to talk to you about that like when did you start dancing and how did you get into it yeah so I started when I was around two two and a half my mom kind of put me in and it was really one of my first childhood memories like just being in a studio wearing tights and a leotard and a bun and having bobby pins like stuffed into my head um but I did it from when I was two, two and a half to when I was in eighth grade. So it was around like 13 years. And it definitely was a lot. There were a lot of highs of it and the kind of the adrenaline and so much I loved about it. But there are definitely a lot of lows like there are for any sports teams and anything you kind of do that you love. You kind of learn a lot about yourself in that time. And it's not really an experience I wouldn't change at all. It taught me so much. Um a lot more than obviously how to like point my foot or do an arabesque or whatever that um it taught me a lot about how to have courage and confidence in yourself and like the ability to just kind of be by yourself because it is a um art and a sport form where like you're not in a team and you're not kind of it's like you have your own common goal to have that um part in a performance or to get to that point of being able to do how many pirouettes or la di da da and so it taught me so much and it also was something where I realized even on days I didn't want to go being in a studio where it's one or two lights a pianist you're by yourself and you can just close your eyes do the technique do the like run through of whatever the teacher gives you there's something super calming about that and also um really healthy to be in and then of course it's the other part where there is someone who's poking at your body every five seconds and telling you to suck that in or to bend a little deeper or to get up in the air more so highs and lows of it 
but I started off at Peabody, which is an institute, and long story short, just for the level I was getting at, it got too expensive, and my mom was like, we need to look into, like, somewhere else. I've heard about BSA, which is the Baltimore School for the Arts. Maybe you should check in with them and kind of see um, if you would want to audition there. It's free for inner city kids, and so... I was like, okay, let's audition. And I was still young enough that I didn't really have an emotional attachment to Peabody. Um, And I got in. And so from whatever level I was in there till eighth grade, I pretty much danced with them. And there were a lot of bonds I formed. Um, And it was, yeah, highs and lows, but such an experience where I think a lot of people view ballet or dance as like, oh, ballet, dance, like whatever that is, or flexibility or whatever. But there's so much that I wouldn't have learned from any of my other coaches who I had. Um, Like, I don't think I would have ever learned really how to be confident in myself or how to have courage to try something new if it wasn't for being put into an uncomfortable position in a studio. Because, frankly, it's totally different than being on a field, wearing shin guards, wearing cleats. And it's actually kind of looked down upon in a way to be a multi-sport athlete and dance. but it is something that to this day I sometimes forget that I used to do it just because after you stop um, and you're not listening to classical music three or four times a week for 12 hours a day or 12 hours a week um, it kind of slips your mind but whenever I hear music still to this day that's like ballet or that I've danced to I'm kind of like oh my gosh like a grand ma and like a point and um, <laughs> but yeah Super special time for me, definitely. So I know you mentioned like being a multi-sport athlete in dance is kind of looked down upon. Is that kind of what led you away from dance? Like why did you ultimately end up not continuing Yeah, that? so I would say it's more looked down upon um, from a ballet slash a dancer view rather than um, from like a soccer coach or whatever because ballet actually helps you a lot with sports, but sports do not help you a lot with ballet because you're growing different muscles than what ballerinas grow. And so that gets super hard because mm-hmm. in ballet, it's a lot about your body and like being this, being 5'4", not being 5'11", not having this part of a muscle growing, but rather this part of a muscle. Um, and so a lot of times for my ballet teachers, it was kind of like, why are you missing it for this? Like you need to choose between ballet and soccer. And I was like, well, I actually kind of play two other sports and it would be kind of (laughs) this whole thing. And you need to end up deciding what you want to do. And with ballet, it's you just do ballet. You only do ballet and you go to Baltimore school for the arts for high school and you continue through and you do ballet and you stay in that art form or you take a step back, you stop ballet after eighth grade and you go to a school that allows you to play soccer and basketball and do other things you're passionate about. And that's what ended up stopping me was I had to make a decision. And I looked up Baltimore School for the Arts. I obviously looked at a lot of other schools. And I just kind of thought that ballet was something that would be nice for me to look back on, like I kind of am now, and think of the positives of it rather than continuing through for four more years and maybe even four more after that and putting a strain on my body and all of that and so I think at the end of the day was the best decision and that's kind of why I stopped um but ballet's great for other sports I mean it helps you stay flexible it helps build muscles that you might need um 
but just for a dancer's body, it's it's a lot of pressure on your muscles that you're already putting in, you know. Because like on a Saturday, I'd spend six hours in the studio with maybe an hour break in between. So it's definitely a lot, but mm. wouldn't change it. Yeah, well, I'm certainly glad you yeah. stopped because that means I got to meet Stop. you. If you're still dancing, I probably wouldn't know you, so pretty thankful for that. Um, so one more thing about dance was there ever like a specific <laughs> a specific performance that you felt like was particularly special to you that was different from other ones like was there any specific moment yeah definitely my last one which I think is kind of like oh like your last game your senior game like of course but <laughs> definitely because that's um the one that I had the most roles in and I kind of got to use both my modern dance background and my ballet. And I wouldn't say it was my best performance because I think I was very emotional and it kind of got the best of me. And everyone was kind of super, all the seniors, you know, I say senior, just highest level graduating, just a sad yeah. um, moment of realization. And I've always told all my friends that do or have kind of asked me about it. My favorite moments in the show are curtain call which is pretty much just the end where everyone runs out with whoever else they dance mm-hmm. with and you take a curtsy and you kind of soak in the energy um, of your parents and your loved ones and anyone who's there. And a couple of my best friends came to my last performance and it was a surprise and I was out there and I went to curtsy and I saw them and it was just kind of a moment of like, this is the last time I will ever have that feeling of like soaking it in. I finished something, my muscles are hurting, I'm tired. And yeah, that was just my favorite performance because I got to get to that point of when I was younger and seeing those girls do that, I was finally that girl. And I ran off Mm -hmm. and instantly my um, ballet teacher was in tears because she was with me since the beginning. And I was like, yeah, this is weirdly the end of something that I've known since I was two. And the best part of it, because I kind of made it through all the highs and lows like I was saying and the most memorable one but yeah definitely my last one I was a night creature and a villager or something like that but <laughs> like I can't even remember this was nice. oh yeah quality <laughs> night creature outfit I need to find that picture and I'm in like a if you can picture like a black onesie that's skin tight and then it's like a black hood is over you because in like you can't see anything but your face, and I'm just in neon green lighting tape. It's amazing. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so shifting gears a little bit, like from the questions that we got for you, there were some that kind of were definitely in this group, um, and I know a lot of people have questions about this, which is your German <laughs> heritage. Big topic of conversation I'm with German. you always. Um, <laughs> yeah, Ger- I, are you German? I, that's news um, to me. So for any of you who don't know, her name is not Anna, it's Anna, and it's German. Okay. Um, so I have some questions about that, but first I want to get to one that we were asked. Um, so this is from Beatrix. What is your favorite German food? Ooh. Okay, I just have to preface, preface this with that the quality of German food is so good. Like, as a food connoisseur or whatever, like, the quality of food and the quality that they, like, treat their animals and all of that is just so 
such a high quality that really everything is a lot fresher, healthier for you. There's not as many pesticides. But my favorite food, oh, the quick, short, and sweet answer would be spätzle, which is pretty much like a mac and cheese equivalent, I guess, in here in America. But it's, um, they make these house-made kind of like, it's like between gnocchi and, or I don't know what the, gnocchi, is that how they say it in America? Gnocchi? Gnocchi? I think it's, gnocchi sounds right, yeah. It's like a mix between that, and they're homemade, and they're kind of like a little bit thicker, and then it's just delicious cheese, um, and they like shred, um, like fried onion and stuff on it. It's really good, but, um. Yeah, hands down, that's like one of the first meals I get, as well as, I was talking to Izzy about this the other day, something called a Döner Kebab, which is not actually from Germany um, originally, but has now kind of become a German food, and it is was brought from the Middle East to Germany, but it's pretty much this meat sandwich with garlic sauce and cabbage and carrots, and it's a sandwich, and it is probably the only thing I eat when I'm in Berlin I feed off of it and the spätzle <laughs> is one that's more from South Germany so if I'm in South Germany that's where I would get my spätzle and if I'm usually up north which is where I am um it's a donut kebab so okay yes um so something I've wondered is like I know both of your parents are German correct half German yes Half German. German. So, right. So, both of your parents' family are there? Yes? No. No? My family's history, as your mom has now heard, is quite a story. Oh my gosh. But, short and sweet is that my mom and dad both have German mothers and both have American fathers. So, that means I both have have two German grandmothers and two um, American grandfathers. My dad's mom lives in Germany, and my mom's parents, both of them, live in D.C., and then my dad's dad lives in Florida. So we're a little broken up, but I have extended family on my dad's side, also in Berlin. So it's really my dad's family that's over in Germany. Okay. I was wondering, because I knew there were people there that you visited, but I didn't know how you yeah, related. So I, and I stay with how my many of them when I'm there, but I have... My goddaughter, okay. my cousins, um, extended good friends and family. And then um, my other German grandmother lives in D.C. And my cousin goes to the German-American school where my mom went. So it's it's a weird mix of things. Oh, cool. But I visit my dad's side in Germany. Okay. Um, so I, I don't know how to phrase this, but... Is there something in Germany that you feel like would compel you to move back there? Not back there, but like to move there. Like, do you feel like you're enough part of the culture that you would consider that? Or do you think it would be too, too different from your current That's life? That's such a good question. Um, I do feel like I am enough part of the culture because there's a lot I realize here when I'm in America, how different my family and I just do daily day stuff differently um and kind of keeping a lot of German culture like we celebrate Christmas how the Germans celebrate it 
and small things like that or like how we eat what we eat how we eat at the dinner table I'm not saying like Germans use like a knife instead of a fork for cutting or like you know what I mean but just like the <laughs> style of everything yeah um and mm-hmm. being able to go every summer and I honestly the way of life there is so much more at ease and in my opinion done right when I mean like transportation is so much easier the environment like the way of living for each person there and like what they hold more important to people and like the significance of everything I think is valued a lot better there and just yeah like the quality of food and that you can take a train and be somewhere in five minutes at work instead of needing a car you can walk everywhere it's more environmentally friendly um the Germans have a they're stricter in different ways. Like they don't have as much of a warm kind of openness when you get to meet them first off. Mm -hmm. But um, in the sense of just like going to a park and having like wine and cheese and like the kids running around and running and running in the ponds there and just kind of this free spirit. Germans have a lot more of like a, I don't care what other people think about me type of spirit. And I think that's really nice for a younger person. I mean, my parents met in Germany, so my mom ended up moving there. My dad grew up there. So I kind of have them to look at when it comes to young people, and they always talk about how much fun it was for them. So I definitely could see myself living there. Um, I think there's been a couple times where my dad has had job offers over there, and I've just kind of been honest and said, I'm too content with where I am now to be adventurous at all and to be willing to kind of drop mm-hmm. everything I've worked for to move somewhere else. But I, it definitely has crossed my mind being there eventually and somehow following in my parents' footsteps of going over there. Because I think until you're there, you don't kind of realize how nice it is to be able to walk out and have four ways to get to point A and having a little coffee shop next door and having a really nice bread store and being able to walk back home being able like it's just such a different way of living than oh I have to get in a car to go to this giant supermarket to like go to this giant mall to go shopping so it's just different but I think it's a nice different and Mm -hmm. a nice change of pace for sure yeah um, we have family friends who are from Hamburg, and yes. can you hear me okay? Okay, it's not showing up. But um, so we have family friends who live there. They've they've grown up there. Like my uncle did an exchange program, so that's how we know them. So we've kept in touch with them for probably thirty years. Um, but they came and visited us maybe five years ago ish. They were in America, so they went to all the major cities, New York. Um, DC, Boston, like, and then they stayed here when they How wanted to go that? to Baltimore. I don't think they really wanted to go to Baltimore, but they figured we were here, so why not? Um, and that was really cool. I was probably only in fifth or sixth grade when they were here, so I, I didn't like get to meet them probably as well as I wanted right. to, if that makes sense. Like, I didn't get to know them, Ask them amazingly, especially too. because, right. Um, they were here for two weeks, but I was at a camp for one, so I only really knew them for a week. Um, but they were, I just remember them being so nice. Like, it was um, the parents and then their older daughter and their son. And their son was probably two years older than me. 
Um, but their dad spoke no English, like zero words in English. So at dinner, it would be us talking and then, um, his wife would just be like whispering to him what was going on. And I was like, this is so strange. Like, because there's so many conversations going on at once. I don't know where to like listen. Um, but I remember them talking about, so I, Maybe I'm wrong. I don't know the geography of Germany very well, but is Hamburg in the south? Yes, it part. Okay, so I remember them talking about North Germans, or maybe it was like East Germans or something. Some like geographical group of people. I remember that they were like, "Oh, we don't like them" or something. Oh, like, is there like that sort of like divide? Do you know? It's not that they don't like them, but it's like how you know North. Uh, like southerners look at yeah. northerners you know it's like there's a stereotype of southerners like having like that accent and that southern twang like you know it was like that kind of stereotype I don't know if you are aware of that but like I was curious so if you knew I'm anything not about that that much aware of it but I do know for a fact like you said southern Germany I do have some family from there and it is like the country like what we would consider the ta- the twangy like country people here in the states. Like you definitely have a different dialect, and then <laughs> in the funny. north, it's definitely more like what we say Hochdeutsch and like um I don't even know what the English word for it. Like sophisticated German side of it. Um, and I would say in that yeah. sense, language wise, there's definitely a little bit of a stereotype. And then of course, like if you take it back to east and west. Germany and East and West Berlin and like I think there's some stereotypes and you can see it in like the architecture of Berlin now still seeing um aspects of World War II and stuff like that but I'm not that Mm -hmm. aware of it and I definitely think it's because I'm not in the schooling system there where it's like not so much built up maybe like how we learn about it here but that's so interesting because I see that it's two different cultures but I'm just not that immersed in them when I'm there in the summer to really notice it did you right could you have you visited germany slash like is that some place you would want to see without me being someone who is german like do you have interest in visiting i haven't but i would really like to i know we've been trying to to find a way to get there because we do want to visit them again um because when they were here they were like you have to come like you have to come visit us and we're like okay okay we will and like you know, it's just, like, time keeps passing, and then, like, other things get planned, and it just, like, gets lost, but we really would like to get out there sometime. I think it's just, you know, when works best. Um, I I don't really know what in Germany I'd like to go to. I feel like I would love to do, like, a European vacation where, you know, you spend time in different areas because it is so easy to get around, you know, by train, and I mean, it's so close in proximity that it's like oh I can just take a day trip here you know um so I would really love to do that at some point um I don't know I think if I were to go to Germany I wouldn't want to spend time in one city because I feel like there is so many like different areas of it like I would want to be able to go to Munich but I also would want to get to Berlin and you know see like the different aspects of the country but I I am really interested in going at some point yeah, that's so cool. Berlin's definitely very international now. Like, it's definitely become a big city. And it's nice, though, because you can go down one street and it can be, like, Internationalville and tourists. And then you can take 
a small right mm-hmm. turn and then another left and be in a small cafe where you feel like you're in the middle of nowhere in Paris and you're having a coffee and no one's bothering you. And I think that's what I really like about it is it's kind of the best of both worlds, but it's still ever evolving and it's definitely different than what it used to be like. And I think my parents are realizing that and it's kind of sad for them, but um, that it's kind of becoming so international and touristy, but yeah. Mm-hmm. Is Berlin yes. the capital yeah. of Germany? Okay. And is it like the biggest city there or this is like a little embarrassing kinda... because now I'm getting all I'm getting I think biggest city in Germany. Cause I mean there's there's kind of a lot of cities in Germany yeah. that are pretty big Berlin that I can think of at least. City, definitely. And then comes München, which is Munich. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, that's Berlin, you know, the Berlin Wall, the separation of all of that. Um right. it's the biggest city. It's really cool. My grandmother lives about 25 minutes by underground train from the Berlin, um, like the Brandenburg Tor, the Brandenburg Gate, and like where part of where the Berlin Wall was. And so she always has lived, she lives like a block away from where she was born and bombed when she was younger. So it's kind of super cool to be in like my family's real history of all of that. So. Yeah. Something, I don't know if you know this about me. I feel like I've definitely mentioned it in conversation before. But one of my go-to, like, two truths and a lie fact is that my dad was born in Germany, but I'm not half German. No, you have mentioned this to me. This is cool, Mm -hmm. because I think your mom also mentioned it to me. Yeah, I always use it because people are like, wait, that doesn't make any sense. And I'm like, when I explain it, it does. But, like, at first, like, people are like, what? Um, Yeah, he was born on a military base in Dresden I believe it was either Dresden or Dusseldorf I know it was one of the D names I just don't remember which one um but he always like said to me he's like oh I could have been a dual citizen if I wanted to and I was like why not that's super cool like even if you never use it you could be like I'm a dual citizen and I am a citizen of Germany and he was like I just never saw the use for it I was like what if you were like a great athlete and you couldn't play for Germany or you couldn't play for the US, you could just go to the yeah, other what one. If you have to say and he was like, Yeah, lie. but I was like, What if you're in a situation what? where you have to say two truths and a lie? Exactly. You can just whip that out. I, I am still angry at him to this day. I was like, That would have been so cool. Like, I don't know why, but I just feel like being a dual citizen is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Um, My grandmother, she, um, on her way from escaping during World, during world War II, um, hid in my great uncle's farm in Dresden under like hay where they kept the cows and um she actually left the day of the Dresden bombing so I don't know if you learned about that like you learned about it in history I'm familiar with it but I really don't know the yeah the details of it it was like one of the biggest bombings that happened during World War II and she actually left the day it happened so if she didn't leave my uncle's farm I wouldn't yeah. be here, so that's kind of cool. But. Wow. So, I hate to break it up, but I do have one more question, kind of related to Germany, but it doesn't have to be if it doesn't okay. relate. Um, what's your favorite family tradition? So that can be German or it cannot be, like, just in general. What's one thing that you're just really attached to? Okay, so I'm very attached to Nag's Head which I do talk about a lot. 
um, pretty much mm-hmm. a place in North Carolina. We kind of like co-share a beach house there that I used to, which is part of the reason why it's kind of a tradition, kind of not anymore. Used to go every single Thanksgiving for my birthday. Um, and beautiful house down there and just a week of like relaxation, being at the beach, taking beach walks, sunset, sunrises, all of that fun stuff. And we actually used to always go to this restaurant for Thanksgiving, super untraditional. We would leave my mom's family, um, which was kind of a nice break and a big tradition. Well, we stopped it this year because it turns out we're selling the house and womp, womp, womp and all these tears and it's sad. But that is a tradition that I definitely think in general has shown me when I'm older, maybe wanting to have a beach house somewhere down there just because of how important it was for my family. And mm-hmm. like I got to bring friends there and how nice it was. But I would say the consistent tradition that is still ongoing today, which I appreciate the most, is actually tied into Germany, which is celebrating Christmas the German way, which is actually celebrating it mm-hmm. on Christmas Eve. And rather than like Santa coming down the chimney or um, waking up in the morning to presents, you wait in the kitchen after eating, you go to church, you come back, you eat, you have cake, coffee. Germans are really known for their like Kaffee Kuchen, which is cake and coffee. And you wait to hear the bells of the Christ child. And once you hear the bells, that means all the presents have been delivered and you sprint into the room where your Christmas tree is and you try and see um his wings fly out of the window and it's like a big thing and um obviously like when you are old enough to you kind of learn what that means and the fact that maybe like Christ's child has a different form of dropping off presents than actually flying through a window but that is something getting to see with my cousin right now is so special and being able to be like where's the Christ child where's the Christ child like we need to hear for the bells um and that's all celebrated at night so that's pretty nice yeah that's like a really nice tradition I I definitely like the idea of like still incorporating that into like the holidays like I think that's a really good time to keep that going um yourself could you see yourself like is there a tradition you have something like that as well where you could see you something you want to carry on or like add into your life when you're older I feel like the traditions we have are not as obvious, if that makes sense. Like, I don't feel like there's, like, I mean, maybe I'm just oblivious to it because it's so, like, natural, but I don't know of, like, a specific tradition, I guess. I mean, it's kind of, like, I guess it's a tradition. It's not very family-oriented, but every other year um, we spend Thanksgiving with our, like, um, Virginia Tech tailgate friends. And we, it's called Franksgiving because <laughs> that's like the guy that um, always does like the the good cooking, like the the ham and that kind All of that stuff. Like shit. his name is Frank. So like it's Franksgiving. Um, that's like the only tradition that comes to mind at first. I don't know. We have like little things here and there, I guess. Um, so we have some more fan questions, you know, all of our fans. Um this is kind of a family one. So Louisa wants to know who is your favorite parent? Just like, I I know you don't want to pick one, but just like for certain yeah. things. Okay. Maybe. The short and sweet would be my dad is always someone who I always feel supported by. And like, no matter what I do or say, 
I think it comes from him being a therapist and counselor, but I just like always feel like I'm supported and cared for no matter what happens, no matter what I do. Um, and he kind of always sees my side and, um, my mom is the opposite with that, (laughs) but my mom is someone I always can go to when it's like, (laughs) this is what my friend and I want to do. I need you to take me here. Um, are you willing to do this with me? Do you have a fun idea? Do you have a fun, like, do you have a fun costume idea? Like, you know what I mean? Like just weird stuff Mm -hmm. like that. And my dad is definitely not someone who like is willing to kind of drop everything to help me with a friend or something like that. So um, two sides of it, but I would say my everyday go-to um, is my mom for sure. Okay. Um, and Linda wants to know how is online school going? Um, I think that we can forward you back to our last episode. episode <laughs> I love three. that. Um, <laughs> we get into a lot about our online school experience. Um, so yeah, check that out. So now I have some more like, rapid fire hot seat questions so I don't want you to think a lot about these I just want you to think of like the first thing that comes okay, to your mind okay who would play you in a movie Sandra Bullock okay oh I like that if you could be in any movie past or future like a movie that you know that's coming out or like a book or something who would what movie would it be and who would you play the first movie I thought of was crazy stupid love and um it's such a funny movie if you haven't seen it I really recommend but I truly don't know who I would play I think because like all of them have pretty I mean like I gotta play Ryan Gosling right he's like such a player (laughs) and like all of that but I just gotta I have to play him nice like it okay who would you call to bail you out of jail Caroline Rice shout out to you guys (laughs) <laughs> don't even watch this. You don't support it. You know what? I she asked us a question. I paid her to do it. She asked us a question I, that um, we, we can't yeah, talk I, about. Yeah. <laughs> 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 All right. What letter of the alphabet describes you the best? A. <laughs> what is your biggest pet peeve? Cockiness. What is one thing you would change about yourself? Inter like personality or physique. Anything. Sometimes I wish I wasn't so loud. <laughs> I sensed hesitation in that answer. No, I can be obnoxious <laughs> sometimes, and I hate it because, like, I'll listen back to the podcast or something, and I'll be like, "Just sh- shut up." No, I know it's so hard for me to listen to because I'm like, Oof. "Yeah, definitely." It's tough. Um, one thing you would absolutely never change. Okay, this is going to sound like, I'm, I guess you kind of have to toot your horn on this, but like, like my no, loyalty, yeah. I wouldn't change. Like that I'm someone who's very, like if you're, if you give me your time, I'll give you my time. Yeah. Something you've always wanted to try, but never gotten the opportunity. Um, no I'm hesitation. Come on. But I don't want to skydive. That's the last thing I want to do. <laughs> I feel like that's the go-to answer for everyone. Like, that's just yeah, the cop-out answer. Like, that's why I'm just <laughs> taking my time because I genuinely... Okay, something I haven't gotten to do fully by myself is travel. Like, I've been on an airplane by myself. I've gone to the airport by myself. 
but I want to like travel by myself, be in a hotel by myself, do my mm-hmm. that. There we go. Travel by myself. Yeah. Nice. Um, what's the most thoughtful gift you've ever received? Oh, um, I'm not gonna. It was um 16. It was for my 16th, and it was 16 reasons why I um appreciate our friendship. That's cute. What's your dream job? Do you have a dream job? I don't have a dream job. I have a job. I have jobs that I would want to do where it's like easy, like easy to get there rather than hard. Like I would think okay. would be, I would love to be a lawyer. That's my dream job in the sense of like, if I could just be it without needing to go through all the hard work, you know, like being yeah. a B word about it, a lawyer. Yeah. What's your ideal first date? Like, if someone did this for you, you'd be like, okay, yeah. like, okay. you're kind of perfect. Pick me up. We drive to go get food, depending on what I'm feeling that day. Like, it's something where it's just, like, <laughs> they ask me, and I'm like, this is what I want. And they're like, great, that's my favorite. And I'm like, that's, yeah, there we go. So whatever I'm feeling. And then, honestly, like, driving, playing music. I don't get judged on my music. I just get to play my music. I just get to jam out. We jam out. And then we go watch the sunset somewhere. I'm a big sunset gal. Love it. We'll do it sometime. Yeah. <laughs> Pick me up. All right. What is something you're really proud of? Like it could be a specific thing, like a like a project that you're proud of, or just something that you're proud of about yourself. Um. Ooh. Where I have gotten with um, my independence. I'm proud of my independence. Like, not like American independence. Like, I'm proud of like, <laughs> I'm proud to be an American. <laughs> or at least I know I'm free. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. I'm proud to be an American. But, like, I'm proud of how independent I've, I've been brought up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What is your biggest fear? Pigeons attacking my ankles. Yeah. Solid. Shout out to you, <laughs> Allie Gordy. Um, <laughs> this is like a classic. I feel like I so many it. people ask this question all the time. But um, if you could have a d- dinner with a person, dead or alive, or in the future, who would it be? I would want a dinner with my grandmother. Which is current is she's she... still alive but i would want a current okay okay um if you could live in any time period what would it be why um 2008 2010 era because i just feel like that was really a prime time for me like as a child or like growing grown up? up back then though actually the recession okay. happened then i'm not trying to lose my job <laughs> <laughs> i feel like i like 2015 time you know okay. because I just I feel like middle school age is when like I had a lot of fun but if I was grown up and I had kids they would have a lot of fun and I just feel like to my mm, but you see I feel like that's when the Baltimore riots were it's hard <laughs> man this is hard okay the world is falling apart we get it <laughs> and I can't say now because I'd be stuck in my home you know what? let's just say 1980s all right, all right. 
Um, what is your like your best birthday? Like in your memory, it's like, oh yeah, like my my seventh birthday. Like whatever. What which one was your favorite? Either my fifteenth or my sixteenth. Nice. Why? Fifteenth, my mom threw me a surprise party with my closest with my friends from my old school that I hadn't seen in a while and it was like Mm -hmm. just it was really sweet of her and my 16th I um got to go to London nice you know casual what's your favorite vacation going to Nags Head because that's the one that really feels like a vacation do you have a specific like one like a specific year that was special or just in general um I got to go with my three best friends in the summer, which that was the one time it really felt like a vacation. I went with people in the summer at the beach for a week of just nonsense. Nice. All right. So that's all the questions I have. I could ask, I could sit here and ask you questions forever, but I don't want to. I like the rapid fire ones. Yeah, I like those too. Um, I I do feel like I like, got to know you just a little bit better (laughs) I can't wait because my hope is next week we will do the same with you and you will be in the hot seat and I I'm so excited to learn more about Liz (laughs) I gotta focus on I feel like I feel like I'm a pretty open book yeah I feel I feel like I am too but I feel like I'm way more open when it's one-on-one and I have the time to be authentic like to let you in for sure given the opportunity yeah Yeah. I want you to dig deep like I don't know ask me the tough questions but I also are you I can handle it like I I like (laughs) these hot seat ones a lot are you yeah no I'm I'm game for whatever you want okay whatever you so choose I'm excited for it Looking forward well, to it. Thank you so much for asking me questions. I hope <laughs> people find this interesting. I'm curious if like my my outside, like if anyone who really, really knows me, like my closest family friends, if I send this to them, if they listen and would be like, I knew everything. Or if they'd be like, oh, I learned yeah. something about you. How because fun. I feel like there's things that we think we talk about and we don't. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Like, there's things that I just assume people know about me that I'll, like, casually mention in conversation. They're like, oh, really? Like, I remember one time, um, like, um, one time I was talking about being left-handed. And somebody was like, you're left-handed? I'm like, I've known you for, like, five years and you never knew this about me. Okay, well, here's the question. (laughs) Is there something not being like, oh, I want to talk about this, but is there something you'd be like, this would be interesting. I wouldn't mind opening up more about it. Is there something like for me where I was like, oh, you could definitely ask me about dance. Is there something for you? You're like, oh, maybe touch on this. Like, let's, let's open up about it. I have no idea. I don't think so. We'll find that by next time. Yeah. All right. We'll find it. (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys, for listening to The Whip because we are too ugly for YouTube. So I'll see you guys next week on The Whip on Wednesdays. Bye, guys.